Are you living the crazy life of a sports parent? This is Sports Parenthood, the podcast packed with cool conversations with sports people, coaches and professionals for rookie sports parents just like you. You'll hear nuggets of gold in every episode with your hosts, fellow sports parents, John and Tiffany Bonacera. One of our goals this year is to live more boldly. So when our daughter's swimming coach suggested we reached out to the Matt Lyle to be a guest on the show, who's recognized as the internet's most followed baseball and softball coach with a huge 900 plus thousand followers on social media, we said, yes, we'll give it a go. And guess what? Matt said yes. Yes. Matt, or Coach Lyle as he's known, has coached at every level in both baseball and softball, including Major League Baseball with the Chicago White Sox. He's also an author of an Amazon bestseller, Dear Coach, which you'll hear more about. In this interview, Matt shares his coaching philosophy, how we can all help our student-athletes set goals and be clear about expectations, including taking ownership of their own sporting journey, plus what's in his coaching rulebook. Matt's not afraid to open up about his shortcomings either. This is a conversation packed with gold. I'm not sure how Matt felt about John calling him mate throughout the interview, but how cool to connect with someone across the other side of the world. Our first international guest on the show, it felt like a home run for us. Here's Matt Lyle on how he got his start in coaching. My background uh, is, I guess it's a long story, but, you know, I, I grew up a, an athlete, sports, you know, and, and sports was everything growing up and I loved it and I played four, five sports in high school and, and then uh, at the end of my high school, I ended up having a kid and my life kind of changed and, and I got, and I got an opportunity to get into coaching very young. Uh, my dad coached for a long time. My grandfather coached college football for 38 years. And so uh, my old high school coach invited me to come help him coach. For a year, I think I was probably 22, 23 years old, and now 21 years later, uh, still coaching. So I, I'm kind of that story of the working my way up the ladder. I coached high school and little league, and I coached a, a lot of youth levels. Then I got to coach in college, and from you know up the levels all the way up to Division One, uh, and coaching in the major leagues. Uh, and so, but in 2013, uh, I read a book by Gary Vaynerchuk called Jab 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 Right Hook. And it really, really resonated with me. And this, the book was all about providing value to people on social media and online and eventually, you know, asking them to buy something or be a part of your community. And for me, I didn't know what that looked like, looked like uh, but I just started to do it. And so in 2013, I just started sharing everything that I knew about coaching, every, every mentor that poured into me. And social media, as you know, was so different eight years uh-huh. ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so I looked around and the next thing you know, I was really the only baseball guru guy sharing baseball and coaching. And for me, I wanted to make anything I shared on social media to be things that resonated with me and then what I identified with. And, that, and for me, I, I identified it as a, as a hitting coach and a baseball coach. I identified as a father, a husband, uh, a guy. Uh, and so I just started sharing, you know, things and thoughts and articles and, and you name it. 
And again, like I looked around and no one was really out there doing much of it. So I gained a lot of momentum really fast. I probably, you know, had a hundred thousand followers within a year. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the thing with social media is once it starts rolling, it's kind of just of a domino effect. And so yeah. over the years, uh, I just cultivated that in the community and, uh, I shared my life with social media, I shared it with my followers and, and, uh, you know, next thing you know, I'm getting next to uh, close to a million followers now. And so, Amazing. uh, you know, people, a lot of people ask me about how I did it in the journey and what, but what they don't understand was back then, although I was the only one really doing it, I was spending like eight hours a day, mm. like, you know, trying to write thoughtful things mm-hmm. and share good information and, and, and schedule out the posts. You know, so for me nowadays, I've created all this content that I can share, but back then it, you know, it was literally an eight hour a day social media oh, yeah uh, work. And it's, that's what kind of what it takes to kind of build it from that spot. So that's just a little bit of my journey on how, you know, how I got to where I am this year. Matt, if you could, and, and certainly off the back of that question, it's a, it's a great lead. Are you able to define your coaching philosophy and the key influences on its development? For me, my coaching philosophy, uh, centers around relationship. And so for me, uh, as a young coach, you know, I said, it's, it's so funny to see how you mature just as a human being. And you know, when I first started coaching, I loved baseball and I loved winning and competing. And I still love those things very much, <laughs> but my players and my student athletes, those things were uh, tools for me to help win games and help my career. And, and I still care about my players. I still had great relationships with a lot of them and, and stuff. But to me, uh, that wasn't the center of it. And yeah. as I got older and older, I realized, like, you know, what is it that I really care about? Why do I keep doing this? And it's bec- it was because of relationship and love, mentoring people. And as I got older, I realized, you know, the people that shaped my life and my mentors and coaches and what, what they poured into me, uh, I wanted to do the same. So my coaching philosophy in a nutshell is, around, uh, is centered around relationship, love, trust. And I, I, that, it kind of just kind of trickles down from there. I think when it's centered in that is your relationship and that's, you know, the reason why your why of why you're coaching, uh, when, when it starts with those things, it can go out to different things. And again, if you were to come to my practices in the last couple of years, you'd see a guy who jokes around too much, uh, is dancing to music too often, a lot of dad jokes, and a lot of people from the outside would probably think that I'm not very serious. But if you were to ask my student athletes, they know that as loose as I am, I'm extremely demanding, extremely competitive. Uh, and I expect a lot of them. And it takes a lot of work to get to that place of the balance of those two things. But uh, when you can have fun, love your athletes, and then also expect and demand a lot from them, they're, they're willing to do, they're willing to pour in the same uh, much differently than if if it's about you. Mm. Very much so. Mm. Yeah, that's a great answer. So we're interested in your perspective on parents and youth athletes. So what role should parents play in your view? In my view, the the role that parents should play is a role of creating an environment for their children to succeed in that thing. And so there's a big difference between pushing them and forcing them and, uh, you know, versus trying to create an environment for them to succeed. And what I mean by that is if, if your kid is showing interest in something, a sport, for me, I'm trying to talk to my kids about, you know, you know, what do you want to go play? Do you want to play pet catch in the backyard? Do you want to go down to the park? Uh, you know, tr- trying to gauge 
and trying to create this environment that they will enjoy the sport mm-hmm. uh, versus pushing them to do it. And, you know, I, I have spoken a lot of times and sometimes at camps with kids around 12, 13, 14 years old. And I always ask them, you know, raise your hand if you want to play at the college level. And, you know, 90% of kids raise their hand, if not 100%. And I said, you know, when it comes to practicing your sport, do your parents have to force you to get off your iPad or Nintendo or Xbox or whatever it is? Or do you genuinely put it down by yourself and you go out and practice, you know, what type of uh, uh, what motivates you to do that? And a lot of kids say, well, yeah, you're right. My parents do have to, you know, force Uh me to turn off the screen and go out and practice. And I said, well, you know, just so you know, the kids who are playing at the college level and the professional level, they are the ones who actually love the sport that they don't have to get forced to love it. And so I say the same thing to parents, like their role is to find ways to uh, create a positive environment that the kids want to do it. And Mm -hmm. to me, it's all based in parents communicating to their uh, kids that they love their children no matter how they perform on the field. And in my experience of 21 years now of coaching or more, uh, I've come across so many kids, even at the college and professional level, uh, who would tell you that their parents' love sometimes is predicated based on how well they perform in their sport. Uh, Their parents treat them better when they win, when they perform better, and their parents treat them worse when they don't. And every parent I talk to will always say, oh, my kid kid knows that I love them. Uh, And I think generally, sure. But I think that when parents can communicate in sports, hey, buddy, when you go out today and you play basketball and you make a bunch of mistakes or if you if you don't score any points today after this game, we're still going to go get ice cream and have a great day. uh, And I love you no matter what. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think um, by giving the kids permission to fail and communicating that you love them regardless of their sports performance, it gives kids the freedom to play the sport without worrying about that. And I think that's a place that I would start at when it comes to the parents. And they get ice cream either way. Win-win. Yes. Indeed. (laughs) That's that's a good celebration to have. Yes. Mate, as a new year begins, and uh, probably a little bit more so in Australia than than for you in the States, it presents a a clean slate for youth athletes to set goals for the year ahead. Uh, What's your advice on how to go about this? Um, You know, I think for for – Parents and kids, uh, when it comes to goals, like I think great goals are great. I think parents and kids have to be really clear about expectations. And I think that's some of the questions that parents need to talk to their kids about is like, hey, we can have these goals and they can be lofty goals. They can be, you know, small goals. But when they when the parents, you know, transfer them into like expectations, it makes it it makes it a lot more difficult for the kids to succeed with that. So, uh, you know, my advice for student athletes uh, and kids, especially, you know, in this, in this year and the way things are yeah. is yeah. it's the same advice that I give kids that come to my office, whether they're 21 years old in college is to start learning how to take ownership of your journey. And we, it's, it's, I can tell you it's difficult, it's difficult at 40 years old, uh-huh. 20 years old, and especially uh-huh. at 10 yes, years it old, it's difficult to not blame anybody else or make excuses from COVID to all the th- things we can make excuses for, it's difficult. It, it, it's hard uh, to take ownership. And my best advice to kids uh, and people alike is to find a way for you to look at the problem or look at the challenge ahead and say, you know, what piece of this can I control? What piece can I take ownership of? And when the adversity hits, I'm not going to blame my, my teacher, my coach, my mm. parents. I'm going to find a way to take ownership of it. 
And uh, to me, that's that would be my best advice. And, and it's, I can tell you, it's it's hard to do. It is. It is. Yeah. We're sort of going through that with our own sort of eldest daughter, I would say, at the moment. Yeah. I'm, I'm battling it myself, mate. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Matt, your book, um, Dear Coach, has been a big hit. Could you explain the interesting format and give us an example from the book or a few, if you've got some, on a common conflict between parents and coaches and how to go about resolving them? So the idea behind Dear Coach was actually from my dad. Uh, for several, several years of coaching, my dad used to always say, uh, you know what, I'm going to write a book about all these parent emails that I get, all these crazy emails. And he used to, I mean, he, t- he told me that probably once a year uh-huh. and he kept saying that and we, and I kept saying, yeah, one day let's do a book and, and we'll save all the emails. And we, it, it was always a joke, but as my social media following gained last year, I decided, you know what, I'm going to put it out on social media. I want to hear all your stories and I mm-hmm. want to hear your crazy parent emails and stories. And I want, I'm going to put, I want to put together a book. So I had the idea to hire an old, an illustrator uh, whose name is Wes Molbash. Mm-hmm. And I told him what I'd like to do is narrow it down to 30 emails and stories. And on one side of the page, we'll have the email. And I had to change a lot of names and uh, other things to not hurt anybody's <laughs> feelings out there that read it. Um, and on the other side, Wes would illustrate the story, almost like a comic book of the story that happened. So I mean, honestly, the illustrations themselves carry the book. It's it's an, like this, they're so good uh, based on the stories, and so we just thought that would be a really fun uh, book to do. There's an organization here called the Base, uh, based in Chicago, that helps inner city youth, and and I decided that we would give 100 percent of the proceeds to that yeah, organization. Awesome. Uh, so I didn't make a dime off of it, but just wanted it to be something fun to give to the the community. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we did it, and uh, you know, I got hundreds of submissions. We we got it down to 30. Uh, and it's just, I mean, the stories are so funny, but what I did throughout the book was anytime there was actually a, like a serious issue or an email that I, it was, it, although it was funny, you know, it was kind of heartbreaking as well. Mm. Uh, I wrote what coach Lyle's commentary and I wrote a couple pages of thoughts on how I would handle the situation, whether I was a parent or a coach, if I was to receive that email. So as funny as the book is and, and, uh, you know, crazy stories, hopefully there's some value in there for parents. Uh, and coaches to see like, hey, these are some serious things that are happening and you might resonate with this story, but like it could have been handled really better or, you know, here's some advice on how to handle it. So, you know, that's how the book is. You know, the first book, the first story in the book mm-hmm. is about a 14 year year old youth soccer player, football, I guess a lot of countries call it, mm-hmm. and uh, who gets taken out of the game and goes to the sidelines and uh, is pouting and uh, goes and gets out of his bag a cell phone and hands it to the coach. And it's the coach's mom yelling at the coach on the cell phone. Uh, and the coach said that he could see the mother on the other side of the uh, sidelines, <laughs> and he could hear her through the phone and on the other side of the <laughs> sidelines yelling at him about taking his son uh, off the pitch. So, Ouch. you know, that was the first story. And other stories... Like a high school baseball coach uh, who uh, the, the bus was leaving to the game, the kid forgot his lunch, uh, and the and uh, the parent just told the coach to tell the bus driver to stop at a McDonald's drive-through and just pick up his son uh, some food on the way to the game. <laughs> uh, and just as you know, just so many stories, you know, uh, bad ones too of of uh, parents you know, on the field and fights and things like yes. that. But again, there was all the way down to a story of a a team that wanted to wear Hawaiian shirts for a fun tournament, uh, 10-year-old girls, 
And one of the dads was a real estate agent who wore Hawaiian shirts and felt like he was being attacked <laughs> by the team, uh, that that was his signature thing, and that he was angry at the coach that he would uh, that they were making fun of him. And the coach was trying to say that the, the girls just wanted to wear something fun and decided on Hawaiian shirts for this uh, softball tournament. And it was this, you know, huge fight. Uh, and it's just like story after story that you're just like unbelievable. But yet, you know, a lot of parents are like, yeah, I, I, I've heard a story like that before. Yeah, I think so. I think well, we can relate. I'm, uh, I'm, 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 hooked. I'm hooked. Definitely. I'm, I'm definitely going to read it. I think it's out. Is it coming audio book, Matt? No, actually, uh, it's it, it's a really short. It's it's really short. I probably should have done that. I just because of the uh, it's full the color yeah. and uh, the illustrations and the way it is. It's we just didn't think about doing it that way. But that that would have been a great. It is there is a Kindle version, like yeah. a digital version uh, as Very well cool. uh, as a regular one. This this kind of looks cool with the images, but uh, and it's funny that you say that because I consume most of my books through audiobook, but. I uh, just didn't do it for this one. Maybe maybe for the next one. Your next book. Yeah, but as you said, I think you alluded to how important the illustrations were to complement it. So I can understand why. Yes. Mate, Tim Ferriss recently spoke to Dr. Jim Law uh, on the Tim Ferriss Show about mental toughness. And one of the many interesting things they spoke about was the private voice that we all have. And in many cases, it's shaped by our parents from as early as the age of five. In a perfect world, what things should we as sports parents be saying to shape the private voice of our kids in a positive way? That's a great question. Um, A big fan of Tim Ferriss. I would tell you that the best way to shape that voice in kids' heads, and especially when it comes to athletics specifically, uh, to me, regardless of age, the biggest issue that I see in my coaching career is the inability to deal with adversity and failure. Uh, mm-hmm. especially in sports like baseball or so- and softball where failure is very high. And so for me, I always try to, to um, give examples that people can resonate with. So in, let's say uh, in football, like American football, um, you'll see, I was at a game, my, my one of my sons a few years ago, and uh, there was a, a quarterback threw the ball and the wide receiver dropped the ball. And all of a sudden you hear the coach yell, or some, most of the time as a parent, Come on, you gotta catch that! And the same, we hear the same thing in baseball and softball. When a, when a, when a fly ball is hit and they drop it, you'll yep. hear a coach or a parent yell, "Come on, you gotta catch that!" In, in baseball and softball, we hear a lot when a kid is uh, pitching; uh, they're trying to throw strikes. You will hear them say, "Come on, just throw strikes!" And uh, <laughs> as if he's not trying. And my, he's my, not trying. Yes, and every time I hear it, and I've heard it, you know, millions of times, I say, to, I, in my mind, I said. You know, what do you think that kid is trying to do? And uh, the same thing when an error is made or, or in basketball, they miss a layup or they miss an open shot in soccer. I don't know any kid or I haven't come across any kid, at least in my career, that when they make a big mistake, don't know that they made a big mistake, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they don't know that they failed, that they let down their teammates or their coach or their parents or just themselves like, or, and, and that they're not disappointed with that. So when we tell them, uh, right, like right away, within milliseconds, we tell them that they failed and and that, that was terrible. That's not doesn't put a good inner voice in their head. Uh, it just puts, just puts fear in their head about failure. Uh, mm. Whereas if kid misses a shot or drops the ball or any of those things, and the voice on the team or the coach or the parent says, "Hey, you're all right. Get the next one. Hey, we got you." Uh, especially if it's a teammate. If a teammate can say, "Hey, Johnny. Hey, all good. Uh, don't worry about it." 
we got your back. We'll get the next one. We'll take care of it. Uh, when it comes from teammates, uh, there's a lot of value in there. Uh, same thing from parents and coaches. When you can say to them, hey, no, don't worry about it. That's why, that's why we have you in that position because you can do that. I trust you that you can do that next time. And maybe next week in practice, we're going to spend a little bit more time on that certain thing. Sure. But in that moment, in that car ride home or anything else, when that conversation comes that up, ride home. If, the, if the voice in the head implanted is, you can do it. And a lot of, just so you know, the best athletes in the world fail and they fail a lot. Yep. And if we can reiterate that in their head, so the next time that they make a shot and there's no fear involved and uh, the next time they, they approach something that could be a, a, a adversity and they attack it with confidence and not fear, to me, that, that, makes a, that makes the world a difference. Absolutely. Michael Jordan's famous for a quote of that nature, isn't yes. he, as well? Missing the game-winning shot multiple times, yep. but he's also hit a few too. Yes, very, very true. Matt, the oldest of seven, a father of five, and a grandfather of two. How would you describe yourself as a sports parent and a sports grandparent? For me, one thing I learned about from my dad that I carry over with my kids is that I'm the guy down way down the sidelines away from all the parents because they drive me crazy sports parent when, when I watch mm-hmm. my kids, mostly because I, I, I'm going to be critical of the coaches and how they deal with the kids yeah. and, and they're, they're sometimes negative and the parents are saying negative things. So, uh, you know, especially on weeks that I've, you know, let's say I've coached college and, and I, I coached for 80 weeks and I rec- 80 hours in a week and I recruited and like, uh, this is my, this is my quiet time to enjoy my watching my <laughs> yeah. kids play. So I'm, I'm really laid back probably too much sometimes trying to be a little bit hands-off uh, with my kids as much as you know, let the coaches coach them, uh, mm-hmm. let my kids dictate how much uh, they want to uh, be involved with me, with the sport. And I probably could push a little bit more in the sense of, Hey, let's go practice something. Um, I've probably been a little bit more hands-off in that way. And I definitely noticed that uh, for me, trying to uh, communicate in a way that uh, is how I preach. You know, I think mm-hmm. as parents, it's always the old saying that I have is kids do as I say, not as I do. And, you know, <laughs> hopefully that's not the case with me. You know, hopefully that, and for me, uh, with my kids, sometimes, you know, it's funny because, you know, they know who I am and, and my coaching background. And, and a lot of times I've had to say it to them, Hey, you know, dad does this for a living, right? Like, uh, <laughs> you know, that I, like this is, this is what I kind of do. And a lot of times I get the, I get responses to that, that, you know, that always make me kind of think, do you guys know like what I, what is it is that I do? Uh, do they come to ask you? Uh, do they and, ask you for advice at all specifically? Do they ask you for advice sometimes? Uh, a lot of times I, a lot of times uh, if it's unsolicited, I, I get, I know dad, I know. Uh, uh-huh. That's my kids. They're the I knows. I know, I know. Uh, and then, so I have to kind of say, okay, buddy, I know that, you know, but let me, uh, just, just give you some advice here. And my seven-year-old daughter is really good at that. My boys are a little bit more. I know, I know. Uh, and, but my daughter, she's, she's been very much letting, let me coach her with technique and things like that. Yeah. So I appreciate her for that because yes. she lets dad do a little bit more coaching than the the other kids so far. That's We've got fun a couple like of that. I knows, I knows too. It, yes. <laughs> yeah, we do. I think, look, as parents, we all, we all do, don't we? And uh, indirectly, whilst we don't yep. have uh, anywhere near your status, we, we have involvement in sport professionally as well. And it's a, and I have to sometimes say to myself, shush, John, <laughs> don't say anything. <laughs> it's hard. Um, it is very mate, hard. 
It is hard. I, um, another good lead in, if you could, are you able to define the, the biggest lesson you've learned along the way? For me, from a coaching standpoint, the biggest lesson I've learned along the way is uh, less sarcasm and more empathy. I am a very sarcastic person. Uh, in my family, you know, there's, there's seven siblings. Uh, six of us played in college sports. Wow. I, have, I have one brother whose birthday is today. He's 31 years old and he has Down syndrome. I tell, I tell him like a, every day, he's my favorite brother still. Uh, and, uh, but our family is very sarcastic, very competitive. And I took that nature into my coaching for many years. And uh, I, in 2014, 15, I've, I had some athletes, uh, when I started, especially when I started coaching females, after one graduated said, you know, Coach Lyle, you made me cry every day for a few months in the fall of practice. And, and I'm thinking, what? I mean, I was thinking, what do you mean? Like, I, you know, not, I'm not a mean coach at all. And I, uh, I real like I'll, that I just, re- I had realized over the years that like sarcasm, it based on, it has to do with relationship has a lot of things, but it doesn't have a lot of value in coaching. And so uh, right around that time, 2013, 14, I, I, I really realized, Hey, you know what? You're, you're way too sarcastic and you're not empathetic enough. And so those are, that was probably the biggest shift in my mm-hmm. career. Uh, mm-hmm. is trying to cut out sarcasm in, in my coaching and to be a lot more empathetic with my student athletes in regards to you know things that are going on in their lives and not be so rigid with the rules and and you know for me I used to have this really long rule book and covered everything you could think of and over the last five years my rule book has two things in it one be on time and two don't let your teammates down. And that's it. And that covers that's everything, in my opinion. And so we can address, you know, all the other things from based on that uh, versus, you know, every little thing. And, and a lot more grace can be extended uh, mm. with something uh, like that. And so I would say that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned. Mm. It's great. Living up to values and not down to rules. Yeah, it's very cool. Which films, documentaries or books on sport do you love or have left a lasting impression on you? Oh man, there's so many of them. I know. Um, we, I was running through. You know, I, 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 I'm well. asking, off the top of my head, I think about. I'm thinking just films. Yeah, you know, like I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and and, uh, ah. you know, and so that was that's probably one of them. Uh, Dead Poet uh-huh. Society. Yes. Um, for me, it's always uh, just always resonated with. And I say Dead Poet Society because I I always resonate with coaches or teachers that uh, inspire and change lives yeah. uh, with their actions, mm-hmm. and so. You know, those are a lot of them. Um, yeah, my wife and I just finished a show called Ted Lasso. Um, oh, I love it. On TV, it was really oh, good. Uh, especially for uh, like me, uh, I've coached baseball and softball. And I always tease my wife that, hey, you know what? Like my next sport I'm going to coach is going to be basketball or football or soccer. Uh, and and I, it's just because I love coaching. It, it's really not about the sport as much as, uh, you know, my name and my you know, the coach Lyle is known as a hitting coach or in baseball and softball to me, you know, I, I would love coaching, you know, netball yeah. as much as any other sport. Like it's not about that for me. And so Ted Lasso was a great show for me because it, it, I, I want to enjoy the show, but two, it was funny to see this coach who his success wasn't in the X's and O's. It was, his success was in relationship and, and cult team yeah. culture. And so I just, I really liked that. It really resonated with who I was. And, um, that was that. I thought that was a great show. So that that's just one of the things that, along the way for me and and books. Uh, I'm actually reading the, uh, the Obama book right now, audiobook. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, really good. But 
there's a there's a book called Creativity Inc. Uh, uh-huh. about the Pixar story and the CEO there and talked about uh, the culture there. That was that's one that I and Legacy is one of the the best I've ever uh, ever read too. So you know I love to consume. Is that the old black and learn? Yes. Ah, uh, couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it, that that's definitely been one of my favorite books about uh, the All Blacks. Yeah, it's a it is a fantastic book. Yes, definitely about taking ownership, isn't it? Yes, mate. Actually, just on the on the back of that, were there any particular high profile baseball films? You know, I know myself, big fan of Trouble with the Curve. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, the Rookie. Yep. Any any baseball f- films that you can relate to, or perhaps with your with the sarcastic background, you, you're picking errors in things when you're watching. And oh, I'll tell you, my kids watched the Sandlot, Sandlot again yesterday for oh, the hundredth yeah. time, probably two hundredth time. Uh, so we still we still enjoy that. My family. Um, for me, my my favorite baseball movie is Field of Dreams. Uh, nice. And again, like this is really not even it's not a movie about baseball. It's about father son and relationship yeah. and so many other things. And so to me, uh, sports are just a metaphor for life and, and, um, and, and again, like love and relationship and and things like that. And so for me, the best baseball movies, um, have been about that. And I still love, I still love major league and, and, uh, all the, all the great, uh, baseball movies. I've seen all of them. Uh, I love all of them, but you know, funny that you say trouble with trouble with the curve because a lot of people, uh, at least here, it it didn't, it, it, it wasn't, uh, very, well received i i really enjoyed it but you know movies like 42 i'm a huge fan of jackie robinson that, and learning his story and honestly the a movie that uh, a story that i am fascinated with and I, if i could t- have a time machine i would go back to is, is a movie called eight men out and it's about uh, the 1919 world series and the the black Sox scandal about how they threw the world series and they lost on purpose and they, they were all banned from baseball but the, the story itself uh, and you know, what really happened and all the things there, I've always been fascinated by that story since as a kid. So that was a movie I really enjoyed called eight men out. John's just taking notes. I can see. <laughs> oh, yeah, mate. If, um, <laughs> not, not, wanting to close, yeah. down. <laughs> uh, not wanting to close yet. I'm, I'm really enjoying this, but, um, mate, if you had one piece of advice or, or perhaps it's more for sports parents, what would it be? Again, to me, I, I think all sports parents want their kids to play the sport as long as possible. And if they're, yeah. if they're a high school parent, they want them to play in college for four more years. You know, they want them to. And I, I would tell parents, especially older parents, if, if you were to ask them, you know, what's your advice? They would say, I would give anything to watch my kid play one more day or to get to play one more game or one more year. Uh, and, and looking back, if you ask the grandparents, you know, they loved going to your games growing up. And, and so, in order to try to preserve that as long as possible, you've got to find ways to communicate with them and, and to love them, uh, teach them about things like ownership, but how to deal with failure, uh, give them permission to fail. And really, tr- just like a garden, uh, when they do find a love in something, finding a way to help them grow it without becoming about your journey and about yourself. And, and it's, it's not about you. It's about them. And finding ways to get that, and I think that if you can find ways to do that, like again, if, if you're listening to this podcast, you're you're all, you're already thinking about like, hey, how can I make this the best experience possible for my kids? You know, continuing to to educate yourself on how to do that, and 
I think all parents out there um, can learn from so many different avenues and books and movies and podcasts. There's so much information out there to learn about how to approach the process to get them to just play one more year, one more day, one more game. Because when you are old, my oldest daughter is 24. As the time goes by, you are going to look back and say, man, I wish I could go back to those long 12 hour days in the sun where I was, you know, (laughs) dying of heat and my my kids bouncing from field to field uh, to play in these games uh, because you're going, you're going to miss it very much. Uh, and so, um, you know, to avoid the regret, you know, do everything you can to make it a great experience for them, uh, and not about you. Thank you. Great answer. Amazing answer. That's the end of our questions that we had listed, but we'd love to know if there's anything else you'd like to add. Um, no, I, I appreciate being on. I, I, again, you know, parents can always find me at coach Mm -hmm. Lyle. Uh, and uh, I just released a new project called recruitedinsider.com. It's a course, online course to teach parents all about the recruiting process from a very truthful college coach uh, experience and not from, uh, you know, all the different advice and things you hear on social media or recruiting services. I sat down and said, you know what? I'm sick of all this misinformation. I'm going to do a video course. Uh, I think it's about 75 to 100 videos now, all about the process uh, for parents to uh, learn about how recruiting works and, and how to get your kid to play in college. And so I just released that uh, last week. It's called recruitedinsider.com. We'll include the um, links. I'm in, mate. I'm in for that, definitely, because uh, our, our eldest has aspirations, definitely, to try and look at an opportunity that's one awesome. day. So that's very cool. That's thank great. you so much for your time. Oh, thank you guys for having me on. It's been amazing. And, um, you know, when things settle down and borders open and so forth, we'd, um, you know, perhaps love to connect in person. Yes. I was just thinking, you know what, when, uh, when that comes around, I- I'm going to email you too. And again, I- I've had a lot of opportunities to speak there or do some camps mm. there uh, and, and haven't really followed through because it's just my coaching schedule is so crazy. But uh, now because I'm focusing solely on this stuff now, uh, I'm gonna, I want to make it a priority. So as soon as possible, uh, I would very much like that. And I'll reach out to you and, and hopefully you guys can help me uh, make it happen. We're there. Indeed. We're there. Ah, thank you <laughs> Cheers, very mate. much. Thanks, Thanks very much time. for your time, mate. Have thank a you. fantastic day. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thanks. That's gold. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sports Parenthood. Please leave a review, share with your friends, or visit our website, sportsparenthood.com.au, to connect. Catch you next week. <laughs>